Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires you today. You know, I woke up this morning and I felt super emotional that we get to come into the house of God. I don't take that lightly. And yesterday we had an army in this place, cleaning up, making room, getting rid of old things, pulling out weeds, and as Dan said this morning, we just are so grateful for the people in this house. Honestly, I think the places, wherever you cleaned up, you kind of took ownership of. Um, Kirsten and I, we were in the attic. Where are we, Kirsten? Where are you? And we were like, Kirsten said to me this morning, I went to bed satisfied. We threw out so much. And this morning while I was, we were in the prayer, and David just said to us, would you take a moment and just settle your heart and hear from God? And I heard, less is more. And I felt God saying to me, you know, it started probably in, um, this is kind of off script now, but anyhow, it's how I go, don't I? Um, When we finished our last service um, in December, I just, I had this sense that I had to clean out my cupboards. I had to clean out some things that I kept tripping over. And so we cleaned out, we went through everything And lo and behold, we had the storm. And what does the storm cause us to do? Clean up again. (laughs) We're just continually cleaning up. But it was like God was saying, sometimes you do the natural before the spiritual. It's sometimes you've been living with stuff that is not meant to be there. And when God speaks a word, and for those of you that don't know the vision over highway this year, the word over highway this year is make room. Pastor Byron says it's make room for greater presence, greater anointing, and greater provision. But I think it's also making room to get rid of the stuff that we've been carrying and been going around the mountain for a long, long time. And he's saying, would you clear that out? Because when he says he's making room, something new is coming of God, that while we stay as we are, it won't be able to fit. Those things have to go first. So it's a little bit of conviction for me personally is I know I can't take some things into this new place he's taking us to. And we're going to let him do that, hey. I believe we're actually walking into a season of miraculous overflowing of oil and unlimited harvest. Is there no amen to that? Wow. I believe particularly this house, we are going to see significant healings and restoration of lost things, and prodigals come home and bodies healed. I know that we're going to see that, and the reason why I know because God's spoken it over us. So you're in a good room this morning. You know, I love how a year starts. It was crazy. There was a storm, but we just heard, okay, rains came, wind blew. My house is standing firm, Okay, this year started crazy, but just before we came back from holidays, Dave and I were lucky enough to get into a room of faith, and in that room of faith, I was in the worship, just doing my thing, and suddenly in my mind's eye, I saw bubbles everywhere in the room, big, big bubbles, and inside the bubbles, I saw miracles, and the more we worshiped, the more we were in faith, those bubbles were like so close, I felt like as we kept worshiping, we could just grab up and take what was ours. Now, I was so encouraged, you see, because this room was pregnant with miracles. I didn't recognize what I saw until the speaker got up to speak. He didn't even end up speaking because he moved in miracles. And we saw bodies and lives changed and healed. I was 
bursting in the seams because I had just seen that in the spirit realm. Like how fantastic was that? And so my, what I want to say to you this morning is don't underestimate the power of coming to church and being around the people next to you that carry faith. Like, this is a powerful room. You see, God gave me a little object lesson. David, I need your help. You need to come up on stage. Okay, he gave me an object lesson just recently, and he told me about this, number six. And, okay, David, what number is that? Nine. But to me, it's a six. Okay, and the Lord said to me, Claire, what are you looking at? A six or a nine where I'm looking? You can go, thank you. You see, in God's kingdom, depending on where you are positioned, you will see something completely different. A six is very different from a nine, is that right? Number six, biblically, is actually relates to man, human weakness, the evil of the devil, and the manifestation of sin. I don't want to see a six. <laughs> nope. And then he said to me in number nine, listen, listen to this, symbolizes divine completeness or conveys the meaning of finality. Do you know what hour Christ died? The ninth hour to make way of salvation for all of us. Where you are positioned today to see spiritually matters. Is it a six or is it a nine? And I've called my message today. Have I got up there? Empty or full? Six or nine? You see, perspective is a powerful thing, hey? Your eyes will change with whatever position you are and what you will see. I've got another little picture there. Can you pop that up, Ellie? Okay. Can you, do you might have to just lift it up? Oh, you can't. Can you see? Just take a moment. It took me a minute. Can you see? One said seven. The other sees five, depending where you're positioned. Okay? This is the same for us, church. In Second Kings... Elisha and his servant saw they were surrounded by an army, so fierce. And Elisha was cool, calm, collected. His servant, help! Look, can you see? Can't you? Aren't you overwhelmed, Elisha? Elisha said, oh, for goodness sake. He says, do not fear, for those who are with us are far more than those who have come against us. And then he says, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And that's my prayer for you today. I pray that today you may see. He says, then the Lord opened his servant's eyes and behold, he saw a mountain full of chariots, horses and chariots of fire. There were more for them than against them. You see, faith will change what we see. It takes us into a supernatural realm and we need that. Recently, um, I had a dream. We're facing a bit of a situation and um, I saw in my dream something completely different to what was in front of us. And so the next morning, I acted in faith to what I'd seen, and I acted out of heaven's perspective. What I saw was I saw the Father's heart for the situation, and I was able to respond so differently. And I felt the power of God as I responded in that faith realm. You see, what realm are you looking at today? Are you looking from the six, or are you looking from the nine? It is finished. Jesus says that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's a high perspective. That's a nine, not a six. And uh, I want to go to our, our vision um, passage today in the Bible because there was a huge perspective change for this woman. 
Okay, so if you'll come with me to 2 Kings 4, 1 to 7, and I'm going to read out of the New King James Version. And this is what it says. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elijah said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you've come in, you shall shut the door behind you and you and your sons, and then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There's not another vessel. So the oil ceased. And then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, for you and your sons may live on the rest. Amen, hey? Good story. You see, if you are facing a dire situation today, God's able to turn things around. Do you know that? He wants to partner with you for your miracle, and he wants to write a God narrative over what the enemy, that six that the enemy has written over your story, he wants to rewrite over it, and then he invites us into the process. We get to be a part of it, and today he wants to shift your perspective of what are you seeing, a six or a nine? This woman, do you know what she did? She made room for an outpouring. I reckon that's what God's asking Highway Church to do. Would you make room for an outpouring of his Holy Spirit? Can you see yourself in the story? You know, I have read this story, and we've been on it for a little while at Highway, but I decided I was going to put myself in the pages. And I was going to see and I was going to feel what this woman felt. Now, remember she said her husband had died. And now creditors. So she had debts. And I don't know about anyone else, but when there's financial pressure, it's a killer. When you lose someone you love, the pain is so deep. Can you imagine? She's now a widow. In ancient Eastern culture, a widow had no hope of having any income. And here she is with the two things left that she loves, the most precious things in the world, and the creditors are coming to take her sons. She must have been feeling a lot. She must have been thinking, life is a sex. (laughs) And you know what I've worked out for my own life, that anything that touches something we love, there's pain attached. And when we have pain, we've got to be really careful what we run to. Because we'll tend as humans to self-medicate. And God does not want us to do that. You see, I heard the story about this man and his family, and they received a package in the mail. I love packages. I get really excited when I get packages. But when it arrived, it had their names on it, but they didn't know who it was from. And so without opening it, they just felt with the Holy Spirit that it didn't feel good. And so you know what they did? They returned it to sender. And that action protected them from evil that was intended. And what the Lord is saying to you over that story is not every package that you receive with your name on do you need to accept. There are some packages you can return to sender and say, that does not belong to me. Now, I heard Charlotte Gamble say something similar, and it was just confirmation this week. She said, we may not get to choose every dish that gets served to you this year, but you do get to decide which ones you will digest. That's not like a seller moment, hey? Think about it. We just think, oh, we'll just take the package. It's got my name on it. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Not in the kingdom. So how did this woman go from an empty pa- pantry to a full one? 
Number one, you're taking notes. She cried out to God. Do you know that he actually cares about your pain? He cares about what you're feeling. He says, come to me if you're heavy laden. He says, cast all your cares upon me because I care about you. In her pain, she ran to God. Like, that's pretty cool. Can I tell you, keep praying. Keep consistent. Even if it feels like nothing is changing, keep doing what you know to do. Keep trusting God. I love that. I looked up the word cried. She cried out to God and I looked it up and it said with a loud voice. Now, no one really likes loud prayers. I'm a loud prayer. I can't help it sometimes. You see, when the emotion and the pain is so deep, the only way to cry out is to cry out with honest pain, to really let it out. And Pastor Anne told us about that word gimpa, which was to cry out beyond your present borders. She calls beyond her present limitations into a heavenly realm. Okay, into something bigger than herself. I reckon it would have been a desperate cry. It would have been a cry of lament. And can I tell you, it is okay to run to God and have a cry of lament. He is big enough. But when we pray, we are accessing another realm, a supernatural realm, which is beyond that sex of the evil of this world. And it's higher. And we can get things that we never believed we could. Do you know that we have a loving Savior? He loves you. And he promised us in Hebrews, he says, you can come boldly. You can come boldly to the throne of grace and, and acquire every bit of help that you need in your time of weakness. And the word tells us that we are to cling. And I mean cling. What does cling mean? It's like, ugh, cling. Cling to all the faith and the word that God has and says and all that we know to be true. Because we have a magnificent high priest, magnificent king priest. And he rose into the heavenly realm. And he understands our struggles. He knows how hard it is. And he is a source of what we need in these moments. And if you will come to him, sometimes our pantry feels empty. I've been there. I tell you, we had that at Christmas time. Our freezer was empty. But we know what it feels like. Okay, sometimes there's no hope. Sometimes there's no faith. Sometimes even to pick up the word is super hard. Sometimes even to open your mouth to worship because the pain sucks the life out of us. Those places feel like everything has died. And those places fear starts to speak really loudly to us. And in those moments, your faith is going to be tested. Okay, but your faith needs to be tested. Because if it, can't, if it hasn't been tested, it can't be trusted. See, I like authentic faith, faith. And I don't trust anybody whose faith has not stood the test of trials. Because it refines your faith. Now I believe you when you say God is good and I know what you've been through. A.W. Tozer, he says, um, God never uses anyone greatly until he has tested them deeply. On the other side though, on the other side of the six, there is a nine. Okay, on the other side of your struggle, on the other side where you're like, I can't go another step and you choose to step in, you choose to turn up, you choose to pray, you choose to believe. I just see heaven standing on tippy toes going, what are they going to do? Because the moment they step into my realm, the heavenly realm, I'm going to be right there with them and I'm going to give them everything that they need. You see, this woman, she had a great assignment on her life. At first, she was only seeing the six, empty pantry, creditors are coming, her 
children are going to slavery. And then she cried out to God and suddenly she was starting to see a perspective change. And the only reason why the enemy goes for the seed is because he knows there's blessing for the seed and he knows the seed has destiny and they're going to carry God. So if he can take the seed, that faith stops there. But no, 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 she had a great assignment on her life. And it was to bring blessing to the generations. And you see, what you turn to in a crisis will determine the destination you arrive at. Do you want me to say that again? What you turn to in a crisis will determine the destination you arrive at. Her empty pantry had more in it than she realized. Her husband may have left her a debt, but he had also left her something greater than her debt. Number two, she, he had left her access to a legacy of faith. See, we have a faithful covenant-keeping God, and he is faithful to his promises, and he says, the blessing is for a thousand generations. Okay, her husband, he feared the Lord. He was a prophet. He had served God all his life. Do you know that your faith matters? It actually matters. When you die, it leaves something for the next generation to tap into. Did you know that? You see, there's an inheritance, a legacy that this woman could tap into. She didn't just have an empty pantry. She had a heritage. She had a legacy. She had inheritance. Like, wow, today I tap in. I tap into the legacy my dad left. Okay, he was an anointed pastor. This is my inheritance. Today I'm stepping into what he left. When he got saved, we got blessed. Our lives completely change. Our family, our home, everything change. And although he is gone, see, I get to tap into every level that he won in the kingdom. It's mine. Thank you, Jesus. I call it the double anointing. <laughs> Sounds a little bit cocky, doesn't it? But you know what? You've got the same. You know what? You've got the same. And you know why? Because that legacy, if you read Hebrews 11... We have the same legacy. Hebrews 11 is the hall of faith. Have you ever read it? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Rahab, Caleb, Daniel, Sarah, Elizabeth. Then there's so many more. And a cloud of witnesses, they tell us, that are cheering for us, saying, it's your turn. Come on, it's your turn. These are our family, okay? By faith, they saw things in this world that we could not see with our natural eyes. They had heaven's perspective. They were sitting from the nine, okay? And what they did was they called things out of that realm into the natural realm. And I remind myself when I've got little faith to go into Hebrews 11 and remind myself if they can, I can. Okay, they're my family. It's running in my blood. You see, and then it doesn't even stop there. We have a greater faith legacy. And you know who his name is? His name is Jesus. And he left us a legacy that opened up the heavens so that we could access a full pantry. <laughs> I don't know why I'm the only one excited. You know, if you're hungry, you're hungry. I'm hungry for miracles, are you? Come on, girls and boys and men and children and everyone else. So Jesus brought completeness, hey. He brought completeness. Think about that. On the cross, he said, what did he say? It is finished. What did nine represent? Completeness. It is finished. He overcame number six, human weakness, sin, death, and he flipped it on the table no longer. Did man have to pay for their sins? 
He paid for them. He flipped the six and made it a nine and said, it is complete. It is finished. Once and for all, sacrifice. Heaven is open. The gates of heaven welcome anyone that will will accept him as their savior. He said, I give you full access to the full pantry. Oh, come on. We should be the most excited people. Do you know what he shouts over your circumstance today? Heaven's saying, it's a nine. It's a nine. It's a nine. It is finished. The battle has been won. The problem is we're still seeing a six. Think about it, church. Okay. So where is your agreement? Six or nine? It's finished or is it not? Do we have a mighty savior? You see, this woman decided that parcel that came to her to steal her son's inheritance and take everything she had, she said, return it to sender, not mine. She put pressure on the covenant-keeping God, a miracle-working God who says all things are possible to them who believe. Church, have I got some believers in the house today? Have we got some believers? I can imagine her walking around her face saying the blessing is for a thousand generations. That's mine. I can hear her saying, you know what, devil? You don't get to touch my sons. I'm under the blessing. She was accessing a pantry full of promise. She tapped into the faith of Elijah and Elisha, the faith of her husband, and the faithfulness of a faithful God who honors his word. Do you know that you and I are part of the miracle? We're all waiting for those, those bubbles. We're there. We've got to reach out and get them. They've got to be for us. And we have to access what God has done for us, just like Joshua did in the promised land. We do it. Do you know where we do it? Seated in heavenly places, high above principalities. We have authority. Don't accept what the enemy has sent to you in 2024. If it doesn't line up with God's word, return to sender. Cry out and declare if it's over your children. Me and my household will serve the Lord. All my children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of my children, and they will be established in righteousness. You see, the seed of the righteous will be delivered. Do you believe that? See, I hear her saying, my God will supply all my need according to his riches and glory. I hear her saying, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises in judgment, I will condemn. Why? Because this is a heritage of the servants of the Lord. My heritage, my inheritance. If you've had a health scare, I pray that on your lips, as by your, his stripes, I am healed. If you're battling with grief and overwhelmed with that mourning, you say, he turns my mourning into joy. He gives me beauty for ashes. That's my truth. That's the nine. That's what the nine says. It's time to make agreement with what God says over your life and over mine. This is where we're making room for the more. Okay, this is where the miracle begins. We've got to shut out the voice of doubt and unbelief. You've got to shut out the voice of fear. You've got to shut out the voice of accusations that say it's not going to do it for you. He'll do it for someone else, but he won't do it for me. That is hogwash. He'll do it for you if you'll believe. You see, our promises of faith activated. You have to believe. This is faith legacy. And number three, if God speaks a word to you, be obedient. Do what he says. God asked her to go and gather pots. And many pots. This is a season where you're to ask big, all right? Over the last few years, God has spoken over our house, Highway Church. What has he said? He says, build my house. Build something that I take pleasure in. What is he asking you to do? Shift your focus from what you need to do for your life and come back to what God is doing in this world for the many. 
you to shift your focus. He said, enlarge the place of your dwelling, stretch out your tempeds, build a place for my presence to dwell in. That place is your life and mine. Did you know that? Increase is coming. When he says make room, he's saying increase is coming. Make room for God's expansion. You have to be faith-filled. You have to go. If he's saying make room, then there is more of God he wants me to carry this year. Put first first. Seek first the kingdom of God. That means Sunday morning I'm in church. Sunday night if church is open, here I am. Prayer meeting, Tuesday morning. Prayer meeting, Tuesday night. Every morning, every night I open my word. I pray. I believe. I speak his kingdom language. This is a no-excuse season, church. Don't give me your excuses. I don't want you to miss out on what God has for you. It's time to put him first. And you watch the miracle that will happen when you do that. Do you know that um, God has given you everything you need to be a conqueror? Everything. You don't have to say, oh, but I'm struggling with this. No, no, you're more than conquerors. Who's through? Christ Jesus for what he did on the cross. Your faith needs to look like something. It's one thing to know all the knowledge here. It's another thing to step out. You see, she sent her sons out to gather the pots. And that might look like something for you. I, God has given me some things to do in my, my faith journey that are kind of crazy, but I'm doing them anyhow because he said it. And he said, don't gather few, gather much, ask big. The size of your expectation will determine the size of your miracle. What do you need to do in expectation for what is about to come? See, how you ask is an indication of how big you see your God is. I want all the things. <laughs> We're these girls. We, we have a joke about this because Esther says it all the time. I want all the things. I want all the things too. I want all the healings. I want all the freedom, all the deliverance. I want all the restoration. I want all the prodigals home. I want all the things. And <laughs> why not? Pantry's open. Why not? See, Ozzy Dave says, I read that this, this week. He says, he thought faith happened in his mind. But he said, it doesn't just happen in your head, but in your whole body. He says the Hebrew word for faith is called imuna, and it means to take firm action. It's a verb, and all the teachers in the house said, a verb is a doing word. It's less about knowing and more about doing. To have faith is to act. It means to rely on God enough to take a step forward. That's a big one, hey? What you do is more important than what you know, church. No more rehearsing in the old season. You know, a whole generation missed out on the promised land because they complained. Oh, scary. It's time to rehearse the promise and rehearse the miracle. Look forward. It's time to speak faith language. He is well able. Church, he is well able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ask, think, dream, or imagine. But it is only words if you don't attach your faith to it. You've got to attach your faith. Yeah, my God is well able. Hey, devil, back off. You see, and I love this part. This woman, she actually included her sons in the legacy of faith. She sent her sons out to be part of that faith act action, which is so cool because the miracle began in her home before it began anywhere else. By faith, she sent them out to collect jars. They became part of the miracle. Do you know what? And I love that we've got a youth group in, in Highway Gilston. It's always about the next generation. What you are doing today, coming to church, is about the next generation, that you will leave a blessing for your children's, your children's children, your grandchildren. It matters. 
She was teaching her sons how to access that heaven's pantry. She was saying, hey, this is what we do by faith. We go and get those, those vessels because he said he's going to do something, something amazing. So get as many as you can because I'm expecting a big miracle. And they did. I'll just get those musicians back up. So the question that God asked of us today, number four, what's in your house? She only had a small little jar of oil, or did she? You see, your little carries so much more than you know, and God can do so much with your little. You know, I had a moment uh, many years ago, I was walking through such a dark season of my life, and I got a phone call one day, and it was a friend of mine, and she ran an R, what well, used to be called RE, but it's RI now, class, in the local school. And she said to me, Clay, I'm desperate for someone to take RI in this class. And I remember thinking, there's no way I'm in any way qualified, able, or even feel I've got anything to give. And I remember as she's talking, suddenly out of my mouth came, I'll do it. I'll go. I got off the phone and I said to myself, are you mad? You're a mess. You're not in any place to be going to teaching these kids about the victorious Christ that you love. (laughs) And you know what? The next week I turned up. And I remember I had no sleep. I had no strength. I didn't feel I had anything to give. And they didn't just put me in the two-year-olds. They put me in the year sevens. All the big kids And you know what? I just shared that I knew that God loved me and he loved them. And it was the most powerful moment, not just for them, for me. Because I didn't feel strong enough. I didn't think I could do it. But he opened up a door for me to walk through. And he said, I don't want you to walk through in your strength. I want you to walk through in my strength. And all I need from you is a yes to say, here am I, send me. And what I didn't know, you see, because you probably didn't know this either, but you asked David, I have always lived so shy in my life. We used to run youth groups and Dave would say, go up and do that. No, not me. He'd say, go, Brett. No, can't do that. He would say all these things for me to do and I would every time step back. Say, I can't do that. And you see, that day when I stepped into the call to go and do RI, I stepped through a doorway that I didn't know that one day I would stand on this platform. It began way back there. And I didn't end up being an RI teacher forever, but it was a catalyst for the miracle to believe that God could do something if I would pour out my little bit of oil that didn't feel like very much. And here I am today. <laughs> you see his pantry? Remember this, what he did for me, he'll do for you, but you've got to do something, okay? The little oil, you see, was not just a little oil. It was God's power to turn the tables on her enemy, power to work miracles. Her pantry wasn't empty, it was full. He had turned her six into a nine. The oil just needs to be activated in your life. This is a change that God's bringing to his church. He's not asking you to sit in anymore. He's asking you to go. Go and tell your story. Go do little that you can. And he's going to come and he's going to do something. You see, this oil represented um, the Holy Spirit. Way back there in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was saying, here I am, here I am, 
and they said it was just a little jar of oil. I'm not just a little jar of oil. I'm power. I'm authority. I'm the power to work miracles. And they thought her pantry was empty. Oh, my goodness. Where are you looking from? <laughs> you see... That oil was power to access a realm that we can't see in our natural eyes and a realm that would change her perspective from a six to a nine. The anointing oil you see in the Old Testament, what they would do, they'd take a big jug of oil and they would take vessels for the temple and they'd smear it all over with oil. But then they would take those who were called to be priests and they'd pour oil over them. And then they'd take the prophet and they'd pour oil over them. And then they'd call those that were going to be a king and they'd pour oil over them. It was a powerful act that when oil was anointing, when the anointing oil was put on a person, everybody knew something had changed. What was ordinary became extraordinary. That thing now became consecrated and set apart for the presence of God. No longer the same, now different, now prepared for the presence of God and only the presence of God. What was unworthy suddenly became worthy. What was unqualified suddenly became qualified to hold the almighty God's power and presence upon that life and upon that vessel. You see, this woman, when she had that oil, the oil had a voice and it shouted hope. It shouted breakthrough. It shouted her home was marked. It was under kingdom authority. It was under kingdom economy. It was not under a place where the enemy could come and steal, kill and destroy. There was life in her home. It was God's property. Do you know that the anointing breaks the yoke? This oil, what it did in the Old Testament, it had branded those people and those things as now, I can just see a crown. You might not be able to see it, but I'm wearing one. Okay? Branded. Hey. She's kingdom. He's kingdom. Your kingdom. When you give your life to God, he brands us. He says, now you're mine. You are under the care of the king. And you see, the miracle happened when the oil was poured out. You can't hold on to your little oil. You've got to pour it out. And the Holy Spirit came upon those things in such power that multiplication happened. She could have kept pouring oil, but they ran out of jars. It was just going to keep coming. Something of the supernatural was pulled into the natural. A situation that began as a six ended as a nine. It is finished. Don't you love that? An empty pantry became a full pantry. Her debt was paid. And the best part, which I love, the generation was freed. Walked into freedom because one woman, one woman believed what, the God, what God had said to her, and she did something about it. She entered into the fullness of God's kingdom. Like, wow, what had always been there, always had been there. She just had to access the legacy of faith, and that's what he says to us. Do you know that God wants to use you in this season? He wants to use you greatly. Don't be too busy being distracted. Get on with God's business, okay? What he did for her, he'll do for us. Acts 1.8. Favorite youth verse, isn't it? Come on, you will receive power. Why? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power to work. Oh, gosh. Power to work. Do you want them? And you know what? The blessing is for you and your kids and those yet to come. Like, that is powerful. We are actually in an open door season. Revelations 4.1 says, After this, I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard addressed me like the calling of a war trumpet. 
Come up here and I will show you what must take place in the future. A call to shift perspective. I believe there's a call going out over his church today. It's a war trumpet. Will you shift from your six to your nine? Will you step into that place where you bring your little and you be so surprised with what God's going to do? Would you be like the little boy who brought his five loaves and two fishes and they fed 5,000? And guess what? It would have been more if there'd been more hungry people. Think about it. How big's your expectation? Your little. Just bring your lunch. Share your lunch. She just bought a little jar of oil and kept pouring and pouring. And the oil would have continued if there'd been more jars. Pastor Byron says, if you love them, invite them. Come on, church. Time to bring people. Revelation tells us, and I'm going to end with this, the oil and wine will not be limited in this season. We are in the day of the oil and wine being given in fullness to the sons and daughters of God. Don't you want that? I want that. But the thing is, we've got to make room. So today... We're going to open up this altar. Two weeks ago, um, Pastor Barn and Anne invited all of us up to Orma on the Sunday night to be anointed for this new season. And many of us went up and were anointed. But we were very aware that not everyone in this house had had an opportunity to be anointed. And I'm going to ask you to really think very seriously about whether you want this or not. Because if you want the miracles, it's going to require something of you. Okay, you can't stay seated and just like, oh, well, if it happens, it happens. You've actually got to put on some war clothes. You've got to get a bit of a war cry happening inside of you. Hey, no, 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 no. Devil, return to sender. That's not mine. It's time the church rises up in faith and belief of everything God has. I love this. I love it. I love that. That's hungry saying, I'm coming. I'm coming, God. Would you anoint me? So if you want this anointing, if you say this season, this is my season. I'm going to live from the nine. I'm coming up higher. I am going to be anointed for the great thing I've been born to do. And if that is you today, this altar is open. David and others are going to come and we're going to anoint you and we're going to declare, hey, marked, branded for the kingdom. Hey, this is a time where you're going to step into assignments. This is a time where you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit in such a greater measure. But would you make room? Would you make room? We hope you love that message. If you want any more information about us, head to highway.com.au.